Yo, what is up, folks? It's your boy, Sports PSP. Welcome to another episode of Commander's Demand right here on the Grid Network. Today's episode is just um, my predictions for the Eagles versus Commander's game, as well as reports regarding Montez Sweat, Commander's star defensive end. So please stay tuned because Commander's Demand starts right about now. You're watching Commander's Demand with your host, Sports PSP, exclusively on the Grid Network. Hey everyone, it's your boy Sports PSP. Hope everyone's enjoying a fantastic Wednesday. Um, welcome to another episode of Commander's Demand. It's your boy Sports PSP. It's where Sports PSP discusses things surrounding the Washington Commanders. Uh, before I dive into the episode, also folks, please make sure you like and subscribe to the Grid Network, the G-R-Y-D Network. Go check out some of the great content we have, like Carving It Up podcast with my man Bryson. Go check out the 8 o'clock show every Tuesday nights at 8 p.m., also, go check out the rest of the other great content here on the Grid Network. And also, folks, um, as you all know, I do a personal uh, podcast, the Sports PSP podcast, in which I do sports, music, entertainment, and a lot of other things. So please like and subscribe to that um, the podcast as well. But anyway, folks, let's talk about the big game on Sunday between the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Washington Commanders. As we all remember, folks, last, I think it was week four of the season, Washington traveled on the road to face the Washington Commanders, and Washington lost the game 34-31. As I said in the previous episode, you know, I, I don't stand by moral victories or anything like that. I thought it was a very competitive game. I thought Sam Howell throughout that game showed a lot of toughness. Um, despite the offensive line, despite all the issues that he was um, dealing with with um, the team, somehow, some way, he made it roll. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough for the commanders to win. I thought what hurt us for the most part was our defense, primarily our secondary. We just couldn't do a damn thing to shut down A.J. Brown in that game. He had over 100 receiving yards and a couple of touchdowns, embarrassing our secondary, including our rookie DB, Emmanuel Forbes. For this game, um, I, I will talk about my pick in just a sec. Well, well actually, later on the show. But. In order for the Commanders to have any chance of winning this game, because mind you, the Commanders are coming off an embarrassing loss to the New York Giants, a team in which they had zero chance of winning that game prior to when the game happened. The Commanders, they lost that one. Okay. The Commanders are not the favorites heading into the Eagles game. 
says it right here. Let me just show you it right here. The Philadelphia Eagles are six and a half point favorites to win on Sunday. So as far as I'm concerned with the Washington Commanders, no expectations. Because, again, the Philadelphia Eagles, they are six and a half point favorites. Right now, on paper, they are looking like the best team in the NFC. You look at their impressive win on Sunday Night Football against the Miami Dolphins. Miami with the high-powered offense. But still, it wasn't enough for Miami to beat Philadelphia. And A.J. Brown had another spectacular game. You look at San Francisco right now. They've lost two games on the road, back-to-back. They lost on the road at Cleveland, and they lost Monday night to the Minnesota Vikings. Okay? Right now, it's fair to say that Philadelphia is leading the NFC. Washington, the keys... I I came up with some keys in order for Washington to win this game. Although, in my opinion, it will not happen. But it's something to consider. The keys for Washington to win this one. Number one, stop A.J. Brown. That's right, folks. Stop A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown over the past... Five games, you know, he's been killing it. Looking like a top five wide receiver in the NFL as we speak. I mean, you look at September 25th against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Monday night football game, nine catches for 131 yards, averaging 14.6 yards per catch. You look at October the 1st, week four against our commanders. Nine for a buck 75 and two touchdowns with an average of 19.4 yards per catch. You look at the Rams game, six catches, 127 yards, averaging 21.2 yards per catch. You look at the Jets game, although they lost that one. The Eagles lost that one. Seven catches for 131 yards and an average of 18.7 yards. And against the Dolphins on Sunday night, 10 catches for 137 yards and a TD, averaging 13.7 yards per catch. I don't know what the commander's secondary is going to have to do, but they're going to have to figure out a way to get A.J. Brown off this stretch. And if you're Emmanuel Forbes, Considering how you were embarrassed against A.J. Brown. And look, he is a rookie after all. I didn't have much expectations on Emmanuel Forbes in the first place going up against A.J. Brown, one of the elite receivers that we have in this game. So there's no shame in the first one. But I do expect Washington secondary to at least make some adjustments, at least create something in order for A.J. Brown to go off. But here's the problem. If we do that, how are we going to 
pay attention to Devontae Smith because in case if A.J. Brown doesn't get it going, you never know. Devontae Smith may get it going. And I don't want that. So what is Washington going to have to do? But I know for a fact that we must, and an absolute must, we got to keep A.J. Brown from scoring touchdowns, having a big game. We got to do our part in order to make our jobs, uh, make his job a living hell. Do I think that's going to happen? No. Do I think um, Washington secondary is going to have a chance going up against A.J. Brown this time? I think maybe they'll be better prepared, but it wouldn't surprise me at all A.J. Brown is going to torch them. Because at this point, he's playing at just a high level. And I just think with the Washington secondary, look, they had a hard time going up against the New York Giants wide receivers. So if they had a hard time going up against the Giants wide receivers. What makes it any different with, I mean, it's going to be a lot worse going up against A.J. Brown. So that's number one. Then another key in this game, Jalen Hurts committing turnovers. Yeah, folks, believe it or not, Jalen Hurts has been having an issue taking care of the football all season long. I'm reading here from this stat from Stat Muse right now. Jalen Hurts is tied with Jimmy Garoppolo having the most interceptions this season with eight. He and Garoppolo are tied for the most interceptions. Okay, third is Josh Allen. Fourth is Jordan Love. Fifth is Mac Jones. Sixth, Sam Howell. Seventh, Matthew Stafford. Eighth, Ryan Tannehill. Ninth, Patrick Mahomes. And tenth right here is Daniel Jones. Jalen Hurts, almost every game this season, he has committed a turnover. The only game in which he has played clean football was against our commanders in week four. And Jalen Hurts was great against the commanders. Let me see if I can try to find the stats for Jalen Hurts in that game. But he was sensational against the commanders as well as having Devontae Smith, as well as having A.J. Brown. But Jalen Hurts, for the most part, has been struggling taking care of the football. And last year, he had 22 touchdown passes to only six interceptions. You know, last year, he was in the discussion for MVP. And so far, he hasn't been playing like the MVP of last year. He hasn't been looking like the best quarterback in the NFC East, even though right even though right now he is the best quarterback in the NFC East. Yeah, but look at the other quarterbacks. Dak is too inconsistent. Sam Howell, this is his first year as a starter, and the jury's already out on Daniel Jones. Okay? Daniel Jones has proven this is who he is, okay? Jalen Hurts right now is the best quarterback because of how bad the division is in terms of quarterback play. And in that game against uh, the commanders, Jalen Hurts was great. Looking at these stats right here, 25 of 37, he completed 67.6% of his passes, 319 yards, an average of 8.6 yards per attempt. Um, 
and two touchdowns to only zero interceptions, but he was sacked three times in that game. So I think for us as Washington, if we can get a couple of turnovers on Jalen Hurts, and if we can use that to score some points, hey, you never know. If you're Washington, we may actually have a chance of winning the game. Now, do I see that happening? Probably not. Because, again, Washington, I, I just don't trust them. They're too inconsistent. But if they want to have a chance, you got to get Jalen Hurts to not take care of the football. You got to get him to have a couple of turnovers in that game, whether picks, whether fumbles. And if you're Washington, you just got to cash in the check. You just got to cash in the check that Philly is giving you, and you just got to take it. So if you can get Jalen Hurts off his game, heck, you have a possibility of winning. Just saying. Then here are the other keys for Washington. Of course. Better protection for Sam Howell. Sam Howell, man, has been constantly hit, hit, and hit, and hit, man. He right now is the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. I don't know what Ron Rivera or Eric Bieniemy or the Washington organization is doing as far as protecting Sam Howell, but certainly what they're doing so far right now Hasn't worked out. Now, granted, Sam Howell is a young quarterback, and he does hold on to the football a little too much. A little too much. He does hold on to the football a little too much. And there are times he'll try to make mistake. Uh, try to make mistakes. Uh, uh, he'll try to do something. I mean, he'll try to make plays, and it'll cost us in terms of mistakes, turnovers, and everything else. So Sam Howell is just gonna have to get rid of the ball throw the ball out of bounds, or just get down. Stop taking that type of punishment. Meanwhile, for the offensive line, you're just going to have to find a way to protect him. And Sam Howell, I mean, let, let's just look at the stats with Sam Howell in terms of sacks this season. Because it, it, it's interesting to see Sam Howell in each game this season. Against um, the against the Philadelphia Eagles, he was sacked five times in week four. In week four, he was sacked five times in that game. In the cart, in the let's let's go from week one to what is it now? Week eight. Let's look at Sam Howell. Week one against the Arizona Cardinals, he was sacked six times. Week two against the Broncos, four times. Week three against the Buffalo Bills, he was sacked a career high, a season high, nine times. The Eagles in week four, I mentioned five times. Against the Chicago Bears, Thursday night football, five times. Against the Atlanta Falcons, five times. Against the New York Giants, six times. And prior to that game against the New York Giants, the Giants had a total of five sacks. Sam Howell has been sacked 40 times this season, 40 times this season. How much more punishment can he take? You're really putting this young man's career in jeopardy, which is why for Washington after this season, they have to make serious moves 
as far as offensive line. No matter what quarterback that you have, whether if it's a pocket passer or a dynamic quarterback, you're eventually going to ruin this young man's career. You're putting his career on suicide watch. His career is on suicide watch as we speak, given the type of punishment that he's taking. And if you have any chance of winning this one, wouldn't it be best for Washington's O-line just to protect him? Could you at least do that? I mean, come on, man. How much more how much more punishment can Sam Howell take? Seriously. So that's another reason. Um, that's another key for Washington. If they have any chance of winning this one against the Eagles. And one of these reasons that won't happen, you got to find a way to protect Sam Howell. All right. You just have to. Then the other thing, balanced offense. You can't ask Sam Howell, just like you can't ask him to take all this type of punishment. You can't ask him to take so much of a load offensively. This is not Kansas City's offense. <clears throat> so I'm putting this also on not only Ron Rivera, the head coach, but also Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator. Sam Howell, I don't want Sam Howell throwing the football 40 to 45 times. Okay, 40 to 45 times this season. I think that's an awful lot from Sam Howell. I mean, you look at some of the games this season that he's thrown a lot of passes. I mean, you look at the Washington, uh, you look at last week against the Giants uh, 42 times. You look at the Bears game 51 times. You look at the Eagles game 41 times. All right. You got to find a way to balance the offense. You got to find a way to incorporate the run by getting Brian Robinson running the ball as well as Antonio Gibson. Sam Howell is not that type of quarterback that can win you that type of game. Not yet. He's still young. He's still growing. He's still developing. He's still trying to learn as much as he can. This is his first year with Eric Bieniemy as um this is his first year of Eric Bieniemy with the offense. So Sam Howell has a lot of room to grow and learn as much as he can with this offense. So I think in order for him, considering the fact that he was a fifth-round pick out of North Carolina, bounce the offense out, try to run the ball more with Brian Robinson, try to run the ball more with Antonio Gibson, and also try to let Sam Howell use his legs. Sam Howell is mobile. Sam Howell, he may not be. I'm not saying he's Lamar Jackson, of course. I'm not saying he's a healthy Kyler Murray, a Justin Fields, or anything like that. But Sam Howell can move. He is mobile. Maybe run a little read. Maybe run a little read option plays. Maybe let Sam Howell run or run out of bounds or fight for extra yards if he can't find someone down the field. Let him use his legs a little bit more. He can help us move the chains. And I definitely think it's beneficial, especially for our offense, instead of us taking sacks. He, he's not only helping himself, but he's also helping out the old line as well. 
You never know. Never know. So I think for Sam Howell, I, I think for Eric Bieniemy, he's just going to have to find a way to help out the offense and also to get the wide receivers going at, with Terry McLaurin. Um, of course, Jahan Dotson. Still not one game so far this season, Terry McLaurin has had 100 yards. And that's pretty sad because Terry McLaurin is considered a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. Very underrated. Again, it, it's still Sam Howell is his quarterback first year with this offense with Eric Bieniemy, But um, you got to find a way to get Scary Terry going. And if you can get Scary Terry going, now he's going to have um, some problems going up against Darius Slay. But if Scary Terry, if you can get him going, I think that would also help us out as well. It would definitely help out the team out. Also, another reason, I may have more reasons, but coach smart and be aggressive when needed. Remember, folks, um, I was very pissed off at Ron Rivera. And he admitted um, after week four against our against the Philadelphia Eagles, he was asked a question by a reporter why he decided not to go for two. And he admitted that the players were gassed. So Ron Rivera, look, I, I don't think I need to say anything more about Ron Rivera. Anyone who has watched Commander's Demand, anyone who has heard me on different platforms that I've on, I've been very critical of Ron Rivera. I said he has to go. I said he is not the type of head coach that can lead us um, to anything going forward. I think whether during the season or after the season, Ron Rivera must be relieved of his duties once and for all, because I feel like he's just holding us back. You know, Bryson, I still got to give Bryson a lot of credit because he um, mentioned in that Thursday night football game between the Chicago Bears and Washington Commanders, why is Ron Rivera not going for it? Why is he? Because remember, he was nicknamed Riverboat Ron. When I look at him nowadays, he went from Riverboat Ron to Shiverboat Ron. That's exactly who Ron Rivera is right now. He shivers. He's not aggressive. He just seems lost. He just seems not there. And I hate saying that, but at the same time, when I see some of the decisions that he's making on the field, as well as the statements, he, he keeps losing faith with this team. He keeps losing faith um, with the Commanders fans. It's really hard to take Ron Rivera at his word, honestly. I just don't trust him. And I don't know if the players have any faith in him. Heck, go look at Jonathan Allen. Go look at the statement that he made after the game against the Giants. If he, of all people, is saying this, even though Jonathan Allen may not be a big household name like an Aaron Donald, a TJ Watt, a Micah Parsons, or anybody like that, but he is one of the most noticeable players on the Washington Commanders, particularly on our, uh, particularly when it comes to our defense. 
if he is making a statement like that about the commanders, I mean, if he's saying it, then other players from the commanders feel the exact way. If he's saying this, then the commanders players, they feel the exact way. You really think they really want to lose? You really think they uh, you really think they enjoy losing? You really think they love seeing where Washington is? And it's frustrating for me because again, prior to the season, I, I've said it before, Washington, Washington, they should just tank for the rest of the season and try to get Caleb Williams at least get something in return. But we're three and four this season. And just like I predicted before the season, they're probably going to finish eight and nine. What's that going to do for us? What exactly is that going to do for us? And um, but again, back to the subject, I think that Ron Rivera has to be smart and he has to be aggressive when necessary. Don't take dumb chances. Don't make dumb mistakes. You just got to be assertive and aggressive when it counts most. And I just don't think Ron Rivera, when it comes to that, I I, I just don't see it. So, and also another reason for Washington, if they have any chance of winning this one, the secondary must step up. Our secondary has to step up as possible. You're going up against A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. Good luck. You're just going to have to, whether double team them, whether find ways to um, draw blitzes on Jalen Hurts, probably get after Jalen Hurts. Trap him. Put a lot of pressure on him. Keep him in the pocket. Do not make him go outside the pocket and also try to get him going with his legs because we all know how mobile, how athletic Jalen Hurts is. So my pick, my pick for the game, obviously it's a no-brainer is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are one of the preeminent teams, not only in the NFC, but the NFL. They are right now the best team in the NFC. San Francisco has had back-to-back losses. Dallas, they're coming off a bye week. Um, they're gonna, I don't know who they're facing. I think they're probably facing the Rams or whatever, but the Eagles, they're going to win this one. Now, Washington may make it a bit more competitive because coming off an embarrassing loss, but at the same time, since the season opener victory, season opener victory against the Cardinals, they have not won a home game. They lost to the Bills and they lost to the Bears on Sunday, uh, on Thursday night. They actually have played better on the road than they have at home. That, that's the stat. You look at the Bills game, they lost 37-3. to You look at the Bears game, 40-20. to Yes, yeah, Sam Howell threw 388 yards, but that came in garbage time. So realistically, very unimpressed. So Washington, since that season opener, they have been they have not won a home game 
And I just think that Philly right now is starting to play, starting to play with the urgency. They're starting to look a lot better after coming off. And of course, they uh, the trade with um Bird. So, and I, I I give a lot of credit to Howie Roseman. He's I don't know how he does it as far as with these trades, man. I don't know how he does it with these trades, but he's looking for, looking at it from a standpoint. Hey, it's about win now. It's about win now. So I got the Eagles in this one, and I think they should win 29-17. They should win this game 29-17 to because I just think they're the superior team. I think they're dominant. After coming off that victory against the Miami Dolphins, I think they can keep this rolling. So that's who I got as far as the game. Now, let's talk about the reports regarding um, Montez Sweat. Uh, I read something from an article from Nathaniel Marrero of Sports Illustrated. Um, this is um, a report from Nikki um, Giabavala of the Washington Post. The commanders have already fielded one offer for Montez Sweat who was set to become a free agent after the season per Nikki Giavavala of the Washington Post. Another potential target for playoff contenders is Chase Young, who is in the same situation as Sweat. Though reported, Washington hasn't received any offers for him yet. And um, folks, this is very, very, very intriguing. And, um... Look, I've said it before, and I've said it again. Washington has to make a serious decision about who to keep. And, you know, there's been trade reports about not only Montez Sweat, but also Chase Young. You've heard reports, previous reports about Chase Young possibly going to the Pittsburgh Steelers, possibly going to the Seattle Seahawks. Both players have played excellent so far this season. You know, they're right around five and a half sacks. You know, they've been great for the team. You know, they are difference makers when healthy and available. I love Chase Young coming out of Ohio State. But my fear with Chase Young from day one has been durability. Since his rookie season, you look at his second and his third year, it's been due to durability. Because of his durability issues, his production has dropped. And that is why we don't hear too many conversations with him as one of the elite defensive players. Like when you throw in Micah Parsons, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, Aaron Donald. And when I look at Montez Sweat, very underrated player, doesn't get enough credit, doesn't get enough recognition. He is a monster. He is a pure beast. He's athletic. He can bull rush. He can get after the quarterback. If I had to make a decision between Montez Sweat or Chase Young, if I'm the commanders, and if I had to trade them, I would trade Chase Young, and I would keep Montez Sweat because I don't trust Chase Young's durability long term. I'm sorry, I just don't. As much as I love uh, Montez Sweat, uh, I'm sorry, Chase Young, as much as I love his upside and his potential, I think Montez Sweat's upside his potential is right up there 
And unlike Chase Young, the best ability is availability. Both of them are on pace to having double-digit sacks this season. I would go with Montez Sweat because I just think availability. He is available. Bottom line. And I believe he is as a difference maker as Chase Young. So I would keep him and I would move on from Chase Young. I'm keeping Montez Sweat and I would trade Chase Young. I know I'm not going to get a first round pick for Chase Young, maybe a third or fourth. But I'm I would move on from Chase Young. Bottom line. But anyway, folks, that concludes the rest of Commander's Demand. Want to appreciate you all for taking the time to listen to the podcast. Again, like I said, folks, I have the Eagles win this one 29 to 17. I just think they're the superior team. I just think that in order for the commanders to win, they're just going to have to find a way to get Jalen Hurts to commit turnovers, stopping A.J. Brown, which that ain't going to happen. Also, too, Ron Rivera has to be smart and aggressive with his play call link and protecting Sam Howell. If they can do all these things, then perhaps Washington should win this game. But the likelihood of that happening, slim to none. And as far as with Montez Sweat, like I said, I'm keeping him over Chase Young. I would much rather trade Chase Young and get some draft picks, perhaps a third round or a fourth. But that concludes the rest of the episode, folks. Appreciate y'all for taking the time to listen to it. Please go like and subscribe to the Grid Network, the G-R-Y-D Network. Um, and also, please go like and subscribe to the Sports PSP podcast. Um, new podcast episode will probably be on Friday or Saturday night, so stay tuned. But thanks, folks. Y'all enjoy the rest of your evening. And peace.